0: We hope you'll enjoy this episode of Women Worth Knowing. Make sure you rate us on your podcast app, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Hi, this is Cheryl Broderson, and I'm in studio with Michelle Yule. Yasmin is still not with us. And I know she's going to be so upset that she missed out on this interview because she was looking forward to it too. But you know what? When Michelle's in town, you've got to jump on it no matter who is available. So it's my privilege to be talking with Michelle Yule, who is the author of Mrs. Oswald Chambers. And I know we've, you know, many of us have heard of Oswald Chambers because of the devotion bowl. Uh, my atmosphere is highest, which you know I love. It's a personal favorite, but I never knew the story of B. D. Chambers until your book. Uh And here's just this wealth. You know, sometimes we'll talk about the woman behind the man. So Michelle already shared in part one, if you haven't listened to this, just pause this one, go back, listen to last week's, you will love it, because it was a cliffhanger. And BD had just moved to Egypt and met Oswald in Egypt with their little uh, daughter. And that's where we pick up the story. So Michelle, we are so excited to hear more. Return with me yes, to the love Sam's it. of
1: Egypt during World War I. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Where Oswald Biddy Chambers, their daughter Kathleen, Mary Riley, and several students from their Bible training college were living and serving Anzac soldiers, um, Australian, New Zealand soldiers, including the Light Horse Brigade at the Zeitoun Army Camp during the war. Those soldiers were preparing to go up the line to Jerusalem or overseas to the trenches of France. And as I mentioned in the earlier episode, Oswald and Biddy were keenly aware that their lives were on the line, their eternal lives were on the line. And so Oswald taught a Bible class every night during their time at Zeitoun to encourage them to really think about who the God of the Bible was and where they wanted to spend eternity. This was a very important topic for him, and he he used it well with these men. It became really a revival among those Anzac troops. In fact, one soldier told a visiting YMCA chaplain, it was almost worth joining the war to hear Oswald Chambers wow. speak. Wow! So uh, there they were in the camp. Uh, the war proceeded on. It was terrible conditions, 117 degrees. They would have terrible winds. The um, flies were incessant. And yet they just worked along and waited on God and and preached the gospel. In 1917, um, Oswald got word he would be going up the line with the troops as they attempted to take Jerusalem uh, in December of 1917. The YMCA was asked to put a chaplain with each unit going up the line, and Oswald Chambers got selected. He bought his kit, he came back to the camp, and he prepared Biddy to take over and run the camp while he was gone. But he came down with appendicitis. He did not seek medical treatment soon enough, assuming that it was just a stomach upset that they called mummy tummy, and um, and became gravely ill when he was finally taken to the convalescent hospital, or the hospital near the pyramids, actually. They operated on his appendix. They removed it. And while that surgery was fine, he developed embolisms, and he died on November fifteenth, 1917.
0: And he was 42, 43? He was
1: 43 years old. Biddy and Oswald had been married for seven years Mm. with this one child. In keeping with his plans to trust God with all money issues, he had no life insurance policy. And because he was a YMCA secretary, there was no pension from the Army. Mm leaving his wife basically penniless in Egypt during a war. The YMCA chaplain, head of the chaplains, um, asked her to stay on for the duration of the war. She agreed, along with several of his students from the Bible Training College, and there they were um, for the rest of the war, which in this case, Jerusalem was taken in, in December of 1917, and the war ended the following November. She was deluged from England in particular with um, notes of condolences, and she wanted to write write back to every person, but that was just too much. Jimmy Hansen came and said to her, he was one of the students, He and was a YMCA secretary, he suggested that she take one of the topics that Oswald had talked about, make it into a little pamphlet, and just respond to everyone that way. Mm. And that's what she did the next month and the next month and the next month and for the rest of the war. In fact, uh, the YMCA finally said, we will take over the mailing of these basically newsletters uh, based on Oswald's teachings and sent up to 10,000 a month for the rest of the war. She repatriated to England in June of 1919 with now a four-year-old daughter and no place to go other than home to her mother and sister. But the four-year-old wasn't used to any sort of controls because she'd been running around and had been the doying of a camp for four years (laughs) or three years and uh, it soon became clear that this wasn't going to work out. Um, Biddy had had all this good fortune with the um, little pamphlets that she had sent out. She collected them all into a little booklet and she went and saw a publisher about possibly publishing the books. And he looked through it all and said, well, this is well and good, but there's nothing here to sell too bad. I can't help you. Wow. And she talked about how devastating that was um, because she, uh, had she been published by a publisher, they would have given her an advance she could have lived on, they would have helped with the promotion of the book, and all she would have had to do was put it together using the notes that she had taken of Oswald's teachings over the seven years of their marriage. She prayed about and thought about it a little bit longer and realized, well, this enables me to do what I want with this. And basically, she became a self-publisher in 1920. Wow. Um, and that's what she did for the rest of her life, essentially. She was offered a job as the lady superintendent of a Bible training college for women, missionaries, in um, not far from London, and prayed about it and thought about it. Oswald had always warned her to make sure that she raised their daughter, not pawning it off on other people. And when Biddy brought up this issue of, I have a child, to the female director of the school, she said, well, we'll just get her a nanny. Mm. And that was it. She knew that she couldn't do that job. And she voluntarily took a life of poverty, putting together Oswald's books. In 1924, she moved to Oxford. Someone was paying the tuition for Kathleen to go to school. And she ran a boarding house where she took in some Oxford students. So every day she'd get up, she'd serve them tea, she'd make their breakfast, she'd do the, you know, she was just a landlady, basically. And once everyone was off to wherever was they were going, then she would go to the basement where she was putting together, using clips from many of Oswald's talks, that what became My Atmosphere is Highest in 1927. As a phenomenal editor compiler, Biddy would choose... Snippets from this talk that he gave at Zeitung, this talk he gave at the Bible Training College, this uh, writing that he took somewhere else. And she would cobble them together into a complete devotional using a particular scripture that she found and a title at the top. And she did that 366 times to put together My Utmost for His Highest. She continued to run her, what I call, ministry of interruption with people stopping by. She'd put everything aside. She'd make tea, give them some cake, and would talk to them, many with prayer needs. Uh, That's why it took her three years (laughs) to Mm -hmm. do My utmost Mm -hmm. for His Highest. She had to scan through all of the notes she had taken over the seven years of their marriage and then cobble together these complete thoughts. And if you read My utmost for His Highest, you will probably be amazed that any woman could take such disparate pieces of writing and put them together into a coherent whole. It's truly masterful um, and amazing to read. The book was published in 1927 and has never been out of print since. It crossed the Atlantic Ocean to the United States in 1934 where did the idea come from? Well, she was a friend of Letty Kalman's of Streams in the Desert fame and would have gotten one of the first copies of Streams in the Desert in England. Perhaps Letty sent it to her. The two wow. women sent books back and wow. forth. Wow,
0: interesting.
1: And um, saw how Streams in the Desert was put together and thought, I could probably do this too. And that's my theory that she saw from Streams in the mm-hmm. Desert a workable mm-hmm. manner and then went right to work on it. Streams in the Desert, of course, became very popular in 1925, so she was aiming just mm-hmm. at that exact market. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what happened. Kathleen grew up, um, talked about being a pain in the neck to her mother. She looked like her father, mm-hmm. a willful daughter, but um, and not a believer. This is what people always find interesting. You know, Kathleen herself said, I was not a believer. My parents believed that Christianity needed to be caught, not taught. Mm-hmm. So, They let me run. I mean, she went to crusader school and so forth. Mm -hmm. But um, it wasn't until Kathleen was in nursing school years later that she realized the truth of Christianity Mm -hmm. and gave her heart to God. But that's great hope for those of you who are wondering about your children. (laughs) Even Mm -hmm. Oswald Chambers' daughter was not necessarily a Christian for a while yet. Um, Her mom just loved her and cared for her and continued to feed her the gospel, but didn't harass her and let her grow up. And did, did Kathleen ever write about her parents? She sat for a series of interviews with David McCaslin in 1992 where she talked about all of this. And all of my
0: research was taken off of the transcript of things mm-hmm. she said. Um, Interesting. Do that. Now, I heard a story about at some point um, a lot of her notes were lost to a fire. Is there any truth to that? Biddies? Biddies. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know of that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, that could be one of those urban legends. Yeah, you know, there's there's a few of those that are going around. You know, like oh, she had done all this work and then she lost it and then she, you know, wrote this all back down by memory and heart. I think that's mm-hmm. had been the story that I had heard at one point. Well,
1: there is some conjecture that Biddy probably burned all of her notes because no one knows where those notes oh, are. Oh, interesting. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've certainly asked, and it's mm-hmm. been a question among the chamber of scholars, but no one has ever seen her her handwritten notes. And she would shorthand all of her prayer requests into a, a notebook. And when she got to the end of the, the last page, she would throw the notebook away and start a new notebook. Interesting. So it mm-hmm. may very well be that towards the end of her life, she just got rid of it all,
0: mm-hmm. checked it all. I don't know. Okay. Now, So Send IU. Tell me the story behind So Send You by Oswald Chambers.
1: Well, after My Atmosphere's Highest became so popular, okay, Biddy didn't take pay for her mm-hmm. work. She just turned it all into the next book because she was preparing the next book. She lived on the kindness of others as a landlady. Mm-hmm. She earned the money to support her and her daughter but didn't take any of the royalties. They all went into the next book. And I don't know the year of So It It's probably in the early 30s if Zwemer was the um, preface writer. She would take those those notes and she would compile them into a booklet around mm-hmm. a prescribed theme, I think. So Sendai is about missionary life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. She, again, just as in World War One, she saw preparing missionaries for the field as being her life's work. Mm-hmm. Oswald Chambers himself had anticipated that after World War One he would come back and he would run like continuing education for missionaries. He would go around the world visiting them and running these camps. Well, you know, mm-hmm. meetings, basically. And so that's where she just devoted her writing. That would have been one of the early ones for that very reason. He, Oswald wasn't here. She could send those letters out.
0: So, how many books in total did she write from his notes? Thirty. Thirty.
1: Now, they're
0: compilations. Because I knew about four, maybe. Yes. Well, 30. and a
1: lot of them are not really. Well, they, I think, they're all in print through Discovery House now. On, but um, they aren't anywhere near as famous as *My Atmosphere Is Highest*. Again, mm-hmm. I love what um, the Makoskas say about his work. That she just went right through all the notes and took the cream of the crop. Mm. And that was my utmost for his highest. A lot of them were taken off of one of the books that he did put together before he died, though he didn't really see it very often, based on um, the Sermon on the Mount. Mm. Uh, There's a lot of that as you go through my utmost for his highest. But um, it just all moved forward. Some of it, biblical psychology was based on notes that he used to teach his classes at the Bible training college. It was published as a pamphlet. By the revivalist press out of Good News Bible School in Cincinnati, but other than that, the book that was coming out just at the time he died, he had already looked at the prints, was "Baffled to Fight Better," which is comments on the book of Job. Mm. He had preached on the book of Job towards the end of his life because it's designed for the soldiers. Why is this happening for me? And so interesting. Yes, that's how it was going. So um, in 1934, a group of Biddy's friends coalesced around her to help her manage the books because it was becoming overwhelming for her. How could she do all these things? She needed people to advise her. Jimmy Hansen was one of those people. Her sister, Mary Riley, um, Mr. Griffith of Griffith & Sons probably was the best one because he was a publisher. And mm-hmm. they advised her on how to work. And she just proceeded. In the days, low leading up to World War II in 1939, as it became increasingly clear that Britain would probably go to war, the British government prepared for that time by establishing paper shortage issues and as well as insurance issues. If the Blitz is coming, what's going to happen if my house is bombed? Mm -hmm. For publishers, they decreed that they had to determine the net value of all of their books in stock. And if you reached a threshold, I think it was a £1,000, I may have that wrong right now, um, of, your, of the value of the books that you had, then you had to buy their government insurance. But if it was under that, you had the option to buy it or not. It, of course, was expensive insurance. And there was a very long discussion of the Oswald Chambers Publication Association as to what, she, what should they do. They're a shoestring organization. They don't have a lot of money. All the money is you know, rolled into the next book. Mm-hmm. And as they remarked in the minutes, in keeping with the teachings of the books, We are going to believe that God is in control, and if the books are destroyed, the books are destroyed, and if they're not, we will proceed forward. We will not insure. And this is exactly what Biddy was like. If it's a ministry from God, Oswald was the same thing. They wane. I mean, they go up and down, and Mm -hmm. if it's over, it's over. Let's just go do something else. We aren't going to become wedded to our institution so that we don't hear what God is saying to us anymore. So she was fine with this, and on December 31st, 1940, The Blitz tried to take out St. Paul's Cathedral in downtown London on the highest piece of land in London, surrounded by all the booksellers' Mm -hmm. warehouses Mm -hmm. in England. Mm -hmm. Uh, That had been true since Shakespeare's time. I mean, it was really there. Um, St. Paul's did not burn down but all of the warehouses did. Mm. They called it the crematorium of the books and millions and millions of books burned that night including all of the Oswald Chambers. Mm. Material. Maybe that's where the fire
0: and where I've heard of it
1: before. That's right Simpkin and Marshall they had their mm-hmm. warehouses there. The next meeting was grim mm-hmm. because as far as they knew it was all gone. Mm-hmm. And what were they going to do? And Biddy said, If it's done, it's done. God will give us something else to do. We will praise God. Mm -hmm. Uh, They found a couple of books here. They found some there. Eventually, they were able to cobble together enough to continue forward, and the books continued for the rest of the war into the 1950s and into the 60s. And of course, most are still in print today.
0: You know, what's interesting about what you're saying, though, is I was reading a biography of Agatha Christie. Mm-hmm. And Agatha Christie, because of the, the war and the taxation that they started putting on paper, mm-hmm. and she had had all this money, and she ended up like having to sell manuscripts just to survive yeah, and to keep her, her house that she had lived in for years and years in um, the south of England, and so I remembered that, and it, it's really shocking, but it really it impoverished the writers in England terribly. Mm-hmm. And so that was quite a hardship. And mm-hmm. to put that, especially on a Christian writer who's already not making any money. Mm-hmm. So what were her last years like?
1: Well, the last five years of Biddy's life were troubled. Um, no one has been able to explain what happened, but she had a form of dementia mm. and seemed to have lost her mind. Um, they they were never really able to explain what happened to her, but she struggled with her salvation issues. She struggled with mental issues, and finally she had to be um, put into a home to finish mm-hmm. the rest of her life. Give me a pause to think about how could God do this with such a woman right. who had given so much for God. Um, there are other women like that. Elizabeth Elliott is the same. My mother. Type, uh, mm-hmm. Kay Smith, the same right. thing. And uh, so I, I th- we've had a lot of conversations about this, my husband and I, and I chatted with a couple other uh, Chamber Scholars. What what happened here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remembered that when my own grandmother lost her mind, I used to pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to her in a way that she could hear. Mm. I, She couldn't hear me. She couldn't understand me. But that didn't mean that God was not with her. Mm-hmm. And for Biddy, when Kathleen would read scripture out loud to her, it would calm her down. Mm. And I I realized that our mental state has nothing to do with our relationship with God in the sense that he doesn't care how well we think. He doesn't care if our brain even works. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, we're all terrorized of dying of Alzheimer's. But Our salvation is not going to be stripped from us. Mm -hmm. Our salvation is our salvation. We're still going to heaven. It may take us a little longer. We may not realize what's happening to get Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. But it's not going to be taken away. And that has given me a great deal of consolation as I get older that, all right, if I die, then I'm going to be with Jesus. Mm -hmm. If I don't die, well, then Carolyn can take care of me (laughs) you know, or whatever
0: it is. And Carolyn's your daughter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. the Lord is with us. He determines the length of our days, the numbers of hair on our heads, and, and that, so be it, is what mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. And you know, she lived her life as best she could, and she produced a number of books. Kathleen took over for her after uh, Biddy died January 15, 1966. She had outlived her husband by 49 years. Mm. And uh, she, too, was a member of the Oswald Chambers publication until her death in 1993, I think. Uh, Kathleen never married. She continued with—she was a nurse, continued with the books. And even to the end of—well, up until the last couple of years of her life, Biddy's Ministry of Interruption had continued. Mm. One of the people who interrupted her one day was a guy named Brother Andrew. Aww. And uh, because of meeting Brother Andrew while he was in a Bible school in Scotland— he came for Christmas and just stayed for a week. Um, Miami's my his highest were among the books that was smuggled through the Iron Curtain with him. They used to smuggle them into uh, POW camps during World War II. They had catched a bunch of books in Switzerland, and they got them through the border in wow. that regard. Um, I think that one of the students summed it up best. That Tragic though it was that Oswald Chambers died so young, if he hadn't died... We'd have no books at all. Mm -hmm. She would have gone off with him and ran their continuing education. Too busy working. Right. Too busy. Mm -hmm. To put it all down. And so in the grand scheme of things, it was a tragedy for Biddy and Kathleen that Oswald was gone. His students loved him. They were devastated as well. But in the course of the last hundred years, God has received so much glory because of that book. I don't know how you weigh that. What's more important, a book or a life that God has used it to His glory.
0: You know, it reminds me of John chapter twelve, where it says, "Except a seed falls in the ground and dies, it abides alone. Amen. But if it, you know, goes into the ground, it bears much fruit." And you think about all the fruit from Biddy's life mm-hmm. that has come through the publication of these books, mm-hmm. and using those skills—skills—I uh, <laughs> don't know where skills came from—using <laughs> all those skills to. Um, the skills of a of a secretary mm-hmm. I, who would realize how important and how many lives would be changed because of the notes she took mm-hmm. of her husband's sermons? It, you know, Michelle, we're living in an environment right now as as you well know. Where women are like, I don't wanna sit at my husband's feet. You know, what do I get to do? Where's the place for me? Mm-hmm. And it was actually by sitting in those studies attentively, or even taking notes. And it could be that she needed to take notes just to pay attention if she's anything like me. Yep. That's how I that's how I stay yep. you know, involved is by taking notes. But that that skill would be so used by God and her willingness, you know, again. To, to not only um, to die to herself mm-hmm. and to be Mrs. Oswald Chambers. Yep. You know, you and I were also talking about, you know, the book is called Mrs. Oswald Chambers, not Gertrude Chambers, yep. not Biddy Chambers. And we were talking about Letty Kalman, mm-hmm. who also went by Mrs. Charles Kalman. Mm-hmm. I mean, both these women were willing to be. In the shadow of their husbands. Yep. They're willing to be obscure for the glory of God.
1: And that was important. hmm Yeah.
0: And I think it's important that they weren't doing it for the glory of their husbands Mm-mm. or even to necessarily be humble. But this is the place that the Lord gave them. And they served in it with joy mm-hmm. and for the glory of God. And the fact that Biddy lived such an impoverished life uh, where she could have remarried,
1: she could have done anything. But, you know, Kathleen said she spent so much time with my father's words. Mm-hmm. She said it was almost like my dad had just left the room. I mean, it wasn't mm-hmm. like he was even gone. Obviously, mm-hmm. Kathleen had no memory of him. She did say that. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, Biddy was right there with those words every single day. And, and as you read them, I'm sure she's remembering where she was when she took down those notes. Was I in the classroom at Clapham Common? Was I on the sandy chair (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it would all come back to life. Yeah. And, you know, Kathleen was an interesting character as well. She had grown up basically as a small child in a a camp. She knew a lot of soldiers who had died. Um, They'd gone off the line and they Mm -hmm. hadn't returned. Mm -hmm. And when Oswald died, the hardest thing was for Biddy to go back and tell her four-year-old, your father is dead. Mm -hmm. And she came back and said, well, daddy's in heaven. And Kathleen said it was the only time she ever saw her cry. Mm. And Kathleen looked at her and said, well, um, that's good, isn't it? And Betty's like, oh,
0: yeah, Mm. yeah, I
1: guess guess it is. So then why are you crying? You know, four-year-old, right? Right. And later she was playing in the sand with some of her soldier dolls, and someone overheard her saying, I wonder what Daddy's doing in heaven today with the soldiers. Just totally matter-of-fact. And, you know, when you... Raise a child that heaven is a wonderful place, and mm-hmm. when you die, you go there. They believe you, mm-hmm. and that little girl managed it just really well. And another little girl I know, the same exact thing, same exact age, she handled it fine because heaven is a wonderful place.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking about that's pretty much the story of Valerie um, Elizabeth Elliot's son, mm-hmm. Valerie Elliot. Yeah, yeah. The same thing, and then going back into the jungle with her mother. Mm-hmm. You know, what it, you're just such a valiant uh, crusader for Christ. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's just, these are amazing stories. Mm -hmm. And that's why we, I love to have these stories being told and these stories being heard. Um, We were talking earlier too about how encouraging Mm -hmm. these stories of these women are um, ordinary women, Mm -hmm. you know, just called by God to do these extraordinary things. And some of the extraordinary things are just the endurance and the perseverance through hard circumstances.
1: And the the prayer. I mean, Mm -hmm. Oswald Chambers himself says that prayer is the greater work. Yes, he did. That's one of my favorite quotes. (laughs) The Ministry of Interruption, people were always knocking on Mm Biddy's door and wanting to come in, and she'd brew a cup of tea and give you a piece of cake, and you'd sit down, and she'd hear you out. But what I always loved about this story is she would the person would spill their heart, whatever their prayer request was, and then Biddy would just open up her hands to God and say, We give this to you, Lord. Amen. Mm-hmm. And people would be like, Wait, that's it? Wait a minute. Don't you basically need to repeat what I just said? And she's mm-hmm. like, no, we're just going to give it to God. And that's a wonderful way of being able to pray, it's just yes. hand it over. You heard this as well as I did, Lord. In fact, you heard it better because you can Mm -hmm. see what's in their heart. That's right. I give it to you. Amen. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes they just need to be listened to. Mm -hmm. And we could
0: cover more ground. We could get a lot more things, you know, and (laughs) we could pray for more people. Mm -hmm. And we were talking earlier about Paul saying, I make mention of you Mm -hmm. daily. So it's almost that not only do we get these wonderful insights into Scripture because she copied these notes, but because of her prayer life, we learn how simple prayer can be and we sometimes make it so complex or we put patterns to it or we put regulations on ourselves. when all we have to do is say you heard that right will you take care of it we give it to you we Mm -hmm. submit it to you which is beautiful yep so michelle thank you so much i can't wait for the next time when you come down (laughs) because i think we're going to be exploring a little bit more of lady cameron or who knows sure Who knows? Um, Michelle and I are are involving ourselves in Endeavor. In the weeks to come, we will talk more about, uh, at least I will, just bring you into it, uh, more about what the Lord is doing and what he's placed on our heart. But we're really excited about our next adventure, right? Amen. Amen. (laughs) And we've got some friends who are involved, and they'll be on this podcast of Women Worth Knowing. Again, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, I wish they would talk about, and you have a certain personality or woman that you know that you would uh, like to be told, or if you have your own story of somebody that you would like us, we can just read what you've written and give this honorable mention. That's what we'd like, because we understand that every woman who is working with Jesus Christ is a woman worth knowing. And so we, we want to highlight even more women, but we are highlighting the women that we do to inspire, uh, to say to you, you know what, you've got the same Jesus who is Today, yesterday, and forever the same. And he wants to do the same as he did for BD, as he did for others that we've highlighted on this podcast for you. So again, if you have a story, if you have a suggestion, if you even just have a comment, um, we'd like you to send that to WWK. That's, of course, the Women Worth Knowing, WWK at CC. CM.com. That's three C's, one M. So again, <laughs> WWK at CCCM.com. And again, like us on whatever venue you have listened to this podcast on. Let them know that not only are these women worth knowing, but this is a podcast worth listening to. How's that one? So we look forward to being with you again next week. Thank you again for joining us. And again, a thousand billion thanks to Michelle Yule. I've actually read this book, and I'm still mesmerized, and I can't wait to listen to it on Audible. So again, if you, um, like me, are interested, remember Mrs. Oswald Chambers available on Amazon and other websites. So listen to that, and have a great week, and thank you for joining us again. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Jasmine Olmet. For more information on Cheryl, visit CherylBroderson.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. You can also follow Jasmine on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. If you think there is a woman worth knowing, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at WWK We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you've subscribed and don't forget to rate us on your podcast app and share it with friends.